You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Another world. Another time. In the age of wonder. There was once a dream. You could only whisper it. Anything more than a whisper, and it would vanish. A battle between good and evil. You don't know the power of the dark side. Where shall I find a new adversary so close to my own level? Try the local sewer. You know of the rebellion against the Empire? The Avengers, Earth's mightiest heroes. Peace means having a bigger stick than the other guy. One of these days, I'm going to have a stick of my own. I'm Groot. Welcome to the Neverland Podcast. The podcast for lovers of Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. Please welcome your host, Jeremy. I thought he'd be taller. Yeah, I can fly. All it takes is faith and trust. Well, if it isn't the Star Spangled Man with a plan, what is your plan today? Up to Neverland! <laughs> Take your pixies out of your pockets, Neverlanders. Sprinkle some of that pixie dust around and think of that happiest thought. We are flying away to Neverland. Again, actually, this time we flew away to Marceline again. It's Toonfest time. I, of course, am your head lost boy here. I am Jeremy. You can call me the Spider Pan. I'm standing here at Toonfest 2019 here in Marceline. I'm waiting for the parade to start. I'm going to be taking some video. It will be on our YouTube channel. In fact, I have two YouTube channels. If you look for Neverland to Disney and Beyond, you'll find one YouTube channel. I've got another one under the name of Spider Pan, which that's kind of just my own personal channel, but the video will probably be up on both. But we're about set here to have a good time. I'm here out here with my wife. Uh, Lost Boy Philip was not able to join me this time, but we are here, we are live, and we're having a good time because it's Toonfest time. Princesses. No, wait a minute. I got 
Fields. I had the right ones on. The purchase is our Walt Disney Hometown Museum. Our volunteers, they give you tours, they, they do everything possible to give you such an enjoyable uh, trip through the museum. Thank you, ladies, princesses. Here, one of our uh, Grand Marshals, Dick Durenstein. Hello there. Good morning. Here we have uh, our second year in the parade, our friends from Brazil, all the way from Brazil. Thank you very much. Did you walk, take a bicycle, or what? Did you fly? Uh, and I bet your heart's too tired. Okay, alright. I believe you would call these the Marching Tigers. Marching High School Marching Band. Chair for
Rogers and Big Old. Everybody please, the Marching Tigers. Marshalline High School Band. Good morning. Yes, you're doing it the princess way. There you go. They got it down. Smile. This is supposed to be painless. Hey. Yeah, there you go. Okay, this next bunch of uh, fellas here. They are brought to you by the letter R. Okay, anyway. Here's our pirates. I think those guys gotta be going over to the Buddy Pearl or something here afterwards. And watch out for them because there's swash swashbuckling that may be taking place. I don't know exactly what that is. Watch out for all planks, they may ask you to walk in. And our triders. Thanks for being here guys. No relief.
just the uh, La Plata Disco Marching Band. And this vehicle is coming up here. Timber Logan, our kicker. Well, the, play, the parade is completed on one direction, of course, small town parade. They will turn around and come right back up Main Street. I have noticed that the parade seems very small this year. There's not as many tents out in the park, uh, and there's not as many crowds. It's like this is a lot smaller this year. Uh, this is the first of, or the last official year for Tune Fest. Next year will be something new. Uh, I guess they're not even going to call it Tune Fest. I'm even seeing the Tune Fest office does not have the familiar Tune Fest logo on the window so well it's a little nerve shocking but there is something that you know after 20 years they just want to change it up so next year there will be something but I guess it won't even be called Tune Fest I'm not even sure what they'll call it next year but this almost seems like uh, the embers of it are still going on here there's a bit of a wind gust out here today we're hoping it doesn't storm on us it is a cloudy day and you know since I do weather over at a station up in Cameron uh, I do know we have a 50% chance of rain this afternoon with storms overnight so we're hoping the rain stays away uh, another odd thing I'm noticing is usually KQ2 from St. Joseph's shows up to this and films it with a weather girl comes out here I do not see her this year so very strange this year found a Lumangelo fan and his wife out here I'm so bad with names though that I don't remember names it's terrible uh, but uh, yeah he's wearing a WDW radio shirt out here he's actually gotten a meet and talk with Lou and Lou's spoken at uh, or at least over Facebook with uh, like a he's part of a gardening group I think he said uh, but yeah I had a nice conversation with other people it's nice to find other podcast fans and and, uh, you know, hopefully they listen to the show at some point over here. But, uh, yeah, Lou apparently just as cool in person as he is on the show. And I hope people who meet me in person always think the same of me. So, but I'm going to look at uh, our the have exhibit. And uh, if you look on our website, there will be photos. There's always an art exhibit over at this thing. And the fun part about when my wife doesn't follow me into things is I seem like I'm talking to myself and people look at me funny. <laughs> but, uh, all right, so I'm going to go look here at some of the artwork. And, like I said, I will take some photos. They will be up on our website, NeverlandPodcast.com. So somewhere I like to visit every year that I come out here is the post office here in Marceline where the Walt Disney stamp was first released and issued back in 1968 on September 11th. So let me take you a tour through this little post office here. There we go. I've got to slip my hand in there. There we go. You see, they uh, lobbied it in 1966, as you can see here on the sign, uh, to make a stamp in his honor. Uh, inside of this post office, you can also get a little Marceline envelope, and they'll stamp it, and it has a picture of the Dreaming Tree on it. So now we are in, uh, well, I call it the legendary Mavix. I guess it's not necessarily legendary, but it is the place to eat in town. I think it's pretty legendary. Yeah. The food is good. I'm going to put this closer to you because you're quieter than I am. Well, I'm not going to shout. We're inside. Other people are around. I know. We're indoors. It's, and it's busy in here. I don't think I've ever come in here before noon. 
I think I've usually tried to wait like after because it, it's really it's really busy around noon over here because everybody wants to come for lunch. It's very popular, yes. Very good stuff, but uh, yeah, there's not as much to look at in the uh, park. And uh, I, don't, I don't know if I'm going to any symposium. There's one Disney artist here, clearly, I don't, but I don't know which one he is. I don't know when he's going, so. Well, it's kind of a transition year, it seems like, that we're, yeah. we're going from the the way that we used to know Toon Fest, like we, you know, used to yeah, know Toon Fest, we too, know. but we don't know what's going to come next, apparently. Yeah, uh, and from what, I don't, I don't think I've recorded this yet, but I have talked with Kay uh, Malins and Peter Whitehead, and basically the volunteers for Toon Fest have all stopped after 20 years. It's time for something else, something new, uh, but the museum is going to take it over and have something new next year, but nobody knows what it's going to be. But there will be something next year, and it's run by the museum. So, I, I, I feel like there's more to the story, but, you know, no one's going to say more to a story, and I think we'll just leave it at that. That I may guess. be all that there is, though, because 20, might be all 20 there is. years is a long time to volunteer for yeah. something. Yeah, but I, all of them leaving at once is kind of sad well, and it's makes me wonder why did they all I mean did they all just decide we're tired of this I mean this we just can't make any assumptions yeah I don't want to make any assumptions but it's just wow and you know they're all have this look at like there's a determined look that, that that I've seen them get on their face but it also seems like it's a little sad a little bit well yeah people so it's, it's it, been a nice little thing. So. It's been a nice run for 20 years of Toonfest. Yeah, yeah. So they're selling the last few Toonfest t-shirts. I'm glad I've got one. I almost bought one for Philip, but I found other things I wanted to buy Philip for his late birthday stuff in the antique shop, because I love shopping the antique shop. I even found a 50th anniversary of Disneyland pin for $2.50. That's a good find. I think I, I got to make sure I just don't lose it because I don't I don't tend to collect pins, but this makes Thank two you. pins that I've got that are rare. Now I need to put them on something. And there was a lot of other pins. They had like specific, exclusive cast member type pins, and even a pin that you wear if you're an official pin trader for the parks. They had one of those. So yeah, ordered unsweetened tea so you could sweet it with whatever you want, huh? Yeah, we just ordered our tea, and we've ordered some taco salads, which is kind of my usual, and we're going to eat our taco salads at lunch, and then we're heading for the museum. Yay! I like the museum. There's usually something new every year. Uh, I don't know what might be new, because Peter just came back. Um, so, we'll see. Okay, so inside Mavix, there's like pictures. They've labeled some of the pictures, but there's... I don't know if this was actually film used when they are making it. But there's this um, cell art of all the dwarves there with, the, with their dirty hands from Snow White. Now, tell me if I'm wrong. But that movie is interesting, but doesn't really get good until the dwarves show up, in my opinion. You just can't keep eating. Yeah, there's a certain levity that comes to it when they show up. Yeah. Yep, that's it. <laughs> yep. That's, that was, oh wow, that was, I thought we were going to have a big conversation. Sorry. <laughs> so, alright, now there, we did hear, room, I don't even know if I'm going to talk about the, that talk that they're going to try to do a live action version of that, but what would you do for the dwarves? Would you actually find some little people, you think? You think you find enough that could be good dwarves? Or would that be insulting to them? I almost wonder it in these days. 
because like Lord of the Rings, they had to do camera tricks. I mean, they did use some some little people for long shots, but just because they're called seven dwarfs in modern age, some some get offended by that. I thought there was already a live action like uh, Sleeping Beauty, not Sleeping Beauty, uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Not Disney. Though. No, it wasn't Disney, but I think they did use. They little, did use some little people in that. They did use little people. Yes. So you probably do it. Yeah. I, and if you get like uh, Peter Dinklage, you know who that is, right? Yeah. He'd be an awesome grumpy. He's really good at that sort of yeah. thing. But I don't know a lot of uh, little actors that you know. Yeah. So I don't know who you'd find for the rest. You got to get just the right people. Yeah, so we can't talk about casting them. I'd, I'd still rather they don't do it. Yeah, their their live action remakes have just really not been very good. I've just not been very impressed. They're making a lot of money on them. I know, but that doesn't mean they're any good. I like, not, not as good as what we were hoping it would be. I've liked some of them. Enough to have bought some. I even like the Lion King, even though people were complaining that the, the facial expressions aren't really there. I liked it. Oh, I didn't say the Lion King. The, the Cinderella one I liked. Yeah. This is a great conversation. <laughs> but oh, oh, let's okay. Let's go back to the conversation we had earlier and your ideas of having like a, an unbirthday party, tea party. Oh. Yeah, it's something I've had in my mind because I wanted to have I wanted to have a house for a long time, and I like Alice in Wonderland, especially the the animated one. And so I always thought it would be cool to have like a flower garden or a garden that has it's kind of like Alice going into Wonderland. So you got the flower bed with the singing flowers, like have those flowers that are represented there, you know, in the flower bed. Maybe even get fancy and have like a pool of tears, like, you know, water coming out of the drinking oh. bottle, you know, and have a little um, chest that has, you know, eat me on it and, and the like. But it would be fun to have on birthday parties, like have tea parties, but you'd have to have an assortment of chairs, assortment of different kind of teapots and um, teacups and things like that. And, and Jeremy had the thought of like... Oh, uh, well, I'm going to try my idea. Okay. Okay, so... I was thinking we need an assortment of teas. So when you're at a chair, whatever tea is there at your place, you drink that tea. When you finish your tea and everybody's done, you'll declare a clean cup because you finished the tea, so you don't drink a full cup. And then you all move down, and when you move down, take your cup with you, I guess, so you have your cup or something. You have a different kind of tea at the next chair that you have to try, so that way you, you get to try new types of tea. So in a clean cup, is, I've got a clean cup, move down, you're moving down to a new type of tea to try. See, and that, that's fun. I like that idea. Um, I've also seen where people will take like the larger square papers and do like a checkerboard in the yard. So you could have like a big chess game, you know, and I mean, or checker game. Because there's people that'll make big checkers and then you can move them, you know, or a big tic-tac-toe or that kind of thing. You know, you could have lawn games. 
And when you lose, we cut your head off. No. <laughs> but uh, really, what we should do is play cards. Yeah, but chess is fun too. I, mean, I don't remember chess really popping up in the animated version. Mm, other than like, well, okay, maybe that's a little more of like from the the live action one with Johnny Depp and the like, because they had they did a little bit more of that there. But no, through the Looking Glass, there is. There are chess pieces, and actually, the directions that she goes is based on chess moves. Okay. And then the Looking Glass book. Now my thought, play some sort of card game, but also set up a croquet set and play croquet. Oh yeah, you have to have croquet. Uh-huh. There was a partial croquet set in the antique store. Well, partial doesn't do much good. No, it doesn't do much good. It was still cool because it was like antique, you know. Yeah. yeah, we have a yard. It would be fun, actually. If you have enough space, have a croquet. Well, the one house that we both kind of looked at, though, it didn't have a big backyard. With a grill and stuff, even. Yeah, we just have to see. We don't know what kind of house we're getting. You know, I mean, we know kind of how many bedrooms and all that stuff, but... How many bedrooms we want, anyway. Yeah, but we don't... Oh, which I guess I haven't made the announcement under the podcast yet. We, uh, we have uh, been approved for a loan for a home, and we are looking for a home. We've got a realtor contract for at least the next year, although we need to get the home within 60 days because we're going to have to file 60 days with our apartment. So if I have a week that we miss a show, it's probably because we were just really too busy trying to get this settled. I'm hoping I won't miss a week, but it could happen. It's possible because you know I've got. To, we're going to try to move at a time. Heather just ate a big onion, and she's taking a drink. But we'll let you know if anything happens. But we're house shopping, and she's still dying on that onion. All right, so here we are. Well, there's a mattress store that wasn't here last year. What is? Amazing appliances. That's there's some new shops that always pop up, uh, but we're we're getting sprinkled on a little bit, a little bit of rain. It's a nice light rain though. Not so bad. Far. So far, yeah. We're hoping no storms. Uh, but we're walking down here to the uh, well, rather famous Uptown Theater. I wonder if they have anything going on in here today. Well, this is new. They have a little uh, seating area. Do there used to be a shop over here? No, I don't think so. Alright, so the Uptown Theater, this is where they premiered the great, uh, what was that, the great locomotive chase, yeah. Which, you know, I haven't watched that. I hope they put it on Disney+. Plus. Because we watched part of it one year. It was a show on a screen at the museum. Yeah. But we've never seen the entire movie. And it ran from 1.30 in the afternoon until 1.30 a.m. the next morning. Uh, so everybody in town could see the movie when uh, Walt Disney came here to premiere it. And the kids all from the school came and learned how to sing the Mickey Mouse March and came and sang it to Walt. Mm -hmm. And he came out, wiped a little tear away, pointed at the clock and says, time for the show. And that was the first showing. And then um, I think my mom actually came up for this. The Spirit of Mickey is the commemoration when they put it on, a, on video back in 1998. I think I remember mom having some photos. Uh, they, they premiered that in this theater. But it's completely sealed off now. It used to be you, you would walk, walk into the theater and they, they were showing like cartoons and stuff in here. Uh, some repair though, I think that's why. Yeah, and it smelled like a musty basement. Yeah. It really did. But Goofy is still sitting here in the ticket booth. <clears throat> My voice is cracking up. 
They're right next to the Walt Disney Hometown Bed and Breakfast. One of these days I should, uh... Try oh, look, Cafe Marceline is still here, but no, this isn't where we got the ice cream, though. You can get coffee in there, I think. Yeah. I think we've, tr we've tried some of the coffee in there before, haven't we? Yeah. No. Alrighty. So we're walking back down. Well, that's pretty much as far as we want. Well, I guess there's a little uh, toy company up here. Where'd they put the little Autopia thing? That's over by the museum. Oh, Which okay. we're going to go to next. Oh, okay. So, I would normally, I'd be filming as we're walking down here, but it started to rain. I don't want to get my camera out. Oh, look, this is new. I need to get a picture of this. I don't remember ever seeing this big mural over here. Yeah, there's this really neat mural, and I'm going to stop recording so I can get a photo. Alright, so I want to kind of describe this mural. This is neat, because you can see, I mean, there's, if you were coming in off of uh, 36 Highway, where we're at now, and you're coming in, there's, there's, see, there's Casey's General Store, down over here. Yep. There's a funeral home, lumber company, like, what it looks like when you pull off of yeah. uh, 36 to go actually into Marshall Whoa. Proper. Time out. Come over here. I see that. There's a Billups over here on the cemetery. There's uh, Mount Olivet. I guess it might be where they have some military, but uh, Heather's maiden name is Billups. And there's Billups over here. And you're, you've got family from up... From north of North here. of... No, but I don't know which one it is. I'd have to ask my parents. Uh, I, I think I need to take a photo of that mm. as well. We'll show it. Uh, but I like it that it has a Walt Disney quote, to tell the truth, more things of importance happened to me and Marceline than have happened to me since, or are likely to in the future. So they have that on one side. Uh, I'm not sure what's up with the, I think this must be the dreaming tree. Yeah, this is the dreaming tree, because there's Walt down there as a little boy. Next to his tree, and here's the barn and the house. Uh, oh, that must be that hotel I stayed in that was terrible. Uh, <laughs> it was. I didn't get any sleep. It was, it was not great. Uh, but there's only one hotel in town. Uh, but if you if you look here at the street where it's got the main street, oh, there's the Elvis that's in the uh, the wall yeah, over there. There's the church. Uh, there's uh, the Zarcher whatever I think building right there where you normally would see the uh, the Coke corner is there. They didn't paint the Coke thing on there because you know licensing and stuff. <laughs> but they have like all the buildings along there painted on this mural. There's Ma Vicks right next to there's the park, and they drew it with that weird ride. Remember we saw it when we came here for the Fourth of July. Yeah. Uh, right next to the library. Um, so I guess that's the museum. Well, no, that must be the museum here. From the from this angle, that would be the museum. There's the Dollar General, which is actually right down from us. They put everything. There's the old pool that's up up there from the old Walt Disney Park where they had the pool. They don't have, I don't think they fill it anymore. You got the school down there, it looks like. Yeah, you can even see this school. There's the high school uh, football field. Is that a police station? Looks like a police and fire yeah. station. But this is really neat. I mean, just the detail. It's the whole town has been drawn up. Oh, and look, oh my goodness, look, and look over there. It was done in 19 by somebody named Billups, Marceline Mural. There was a Billups that. who drew this. I think that's what all those are people who helped work on it. Uh-huh. So I'll have to I'll have to ask around and see. And there's a hashtag Marceline Mural. We have to investigate. There may be a relative of yours around here. Oh, it could be. Very well could be. Uh, one more thing that we should do while looking at this find the hidden Mickey because I bet you there is one. I almost think that this looks like one here, but it's, it's an incomplete. 
there's like a, all these tree things and there's almost like half a Mickey head with one ear. But I, I, there should be a hidden Mickey. You would think there would be one. It's going to be a lot of boring silence for us to look for it this way though. But yeah. If we see one, we'll, uh, we'll tell you. Oh, you found a hidden Mickey? Yeah, there it is in the bushes in front of the museum. Good for you. You found it. Awesome. So yes, there's a hidden Mickey. I'm going to have to take some more detailed photos, I suppose, so people can see the hidden Mickey. Alright, so uh, we've come by the Zercher's Corner Store and notice it's changed. They used to have a lot of like Mickey Mouse things and now there's clocks, there's stuff on jewelry, and the interior has been fixed up a lot. Which, there seems to be a project going on from the museum. By the way, there's, uh, there's Chris over there. Hey. Some people that uh, I've been talking to them on Facebook and we know a lot of the same people, but we haven't met until today. That's right. But uh, big Disney historian, classic Disney fan. Probably knows some, I can see, yeah, you've been to a lot of different places around Kansas City that I wasn't even aware of, had some history. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we are planning, on... eventually, we've got to go and yes. look at some places. Yes, we will get together. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. We've been trying to get it. It'll happen. And I'm going to be busy for a while looking for a house, so I don't know when it's going to happen. But, but this is the building which those who've been following for a long time are going to remember us for the corner. Around the corner, it's Coke Corner. I, I probably had a full sentence going on before I shut off the camera. I don't know what it was. And Heather's hanging back because she's an introvert. But this is the original Coke Corner, which they restored, I want to say five years ago, I think, yeah. Which uh, looks like it could use a few touch-ups already. It's starting to come apart. Which they had to have a guy from Coca-Cola come and do it because of the license and stuff. And I don't know if that means that the touch-ups would have to be them as well. Because I'd hate to see this fade out. And you, you know the you story behind the, the Undertaker. The story Oh, yeah. Where Walt used to work for that Undertaker. Then he... Well, yeah, no, I don't Walt think that's the, the horse that he drew. Walt. Yeah. According to He'd pretend driver, to be dead in the back of it and yeah, Roy would Roy drive worked. it. Yeah, Roy worked and Walt fooled and around. Walt messed around and played dead in the back of the uh, hearse. Yes. Yeah. Which is kind of cool that that sign's there. Cause I know yes, because it even has they, the furniture undertaking. I almost forgot about that. They kept it up there for a reason. It's cool. See, this is where I'm going to get things more interesting because I, I forget stuff. And you're remembering things that I forget. Yes, but the undertaker. And that would actually kind of illustrate the rest of the night. Roy's playing, doing all the business, and Walt's playing around. That's pretty much the business. Yep, that's pretty much the business. <laughs> that, that was pretty much the business the rest of our lives. Yes. Pretty much. Foreshadowing. Except for in Kansas City. Yeah. But that's Walt why it failed. Had that liberty. <laughs> right. It's very appropriate that there's a railway car that's out here in Ripley Park. Uh, in fact, uh, there's even some stuff about the dedication here. It was built in Kansas City, this here train. This is actually given to the city of Marceline by the Santa Fe Railroad Company in 1955 and restored in honor of Santa Fe employees who lost their lives on the job. But you see it is marked as the Disneyland Railroad, which is very, very, very cool. Uh, but yeah, so this has been here, oh well, for a very long time. And so here it is, the new Midgetotopia track. And there's kids out riding on it. Little pedal cars. And oh look, some of these don't air set. Uh, we're supposed to have bricks. The bricks are actually in the track. But it's a, it's a walking track as Peter White had told us so you could walk it. But you know, they've got these little car things. 
kids can ride on. And uh, I wish I'd have been able to donate to help bring it back, but you know, money's tight. But here it is, it's back. And there's a line of people out over here. It's built, it's reopened. I'm thinking they're gonna put a bit more grass on some of the uh, dirt clods out here. Probably this spring. There it is, and it's uh, you know the original location, of course, was in the Walt Disney Municipal Park, which I've got several videos of that showing. It was over by the Walt Disney uh, Pool, which they unfortunately have had to shut down since then because uh, they couldn't afford to keep it going. The park is still there, and you can still see where the pool was. Uh, and I think I've been over by the lot of where the Midget Autopia at one time was. I, I even have a video of walking the uh, original path of it. Uh, they've torn that completely out, though, and now here is this to replace it. Very cool. Oh, there's a little wall up here. Nice. So I, I uh, turned off the camera right after we were just saying like, you know, this was Walt's happy land here in Marceline. Mm -hmm. Kansas City was where he learned his worth ethic. Yep. So he loved Kansas City as much as he loved Marceline, but had a different sort of love. Yes, he did. He, he learned stuff. That's right. And he still went back to Kansas City, like I said, several, several visits back um, over the years. And there's actually some visits that he came to here that we don't know about because they weren't big events. I know he came back here several times that weren't like, yeah. it wasn't like this huge thing like it was when he came back the two main times everybody talks about. Yeah. Um, we know he came back for one time just to basically film. And then he came back a couple more times, but there were other times like this that he would pop in here at Brandon and people wouldn't really know about it. Yeah, we're gonna lose sound a little bit because the train. Because the trains keep it rolling all night long right. around here. Okay, right. <laughs> and I did see a passenger train actually go through a little wow. bit before. So uh, Amtrak? Uh, might have been an Amtrak, yes. So I, I didn't think they had passenger trains through here anymore, but yeah. yeah They're still they, they still don't stop trains. here anymore, but I, I'm yeah, sure they, they don't pass. stop. But it's nice to see them go through. Because I, I thought it was all commercial lines here. But yeah, the symposiums will be in here. Uh, we're going to wander them. Well, I guess I should see. There's at least one artist I might check into. So this room is fairly new. I don't recall ever seeing this room as fleshed out as it was before. Yeah, but uh, some interesting stories here that I did not know before where uh, Walt's uncle Mike uh, actually was a conductor on the Santa Fe Railroad and uh, Walt would listen for his uncle to come along and he would meet up his uncle and then his uncle would let him ride in the engine of the train uh, up to the station here. Also found out a little bit more about his brothers. Uh, Herb and Ray, that they earned $175 uh, planting some acreage. Spent $20 each uh, over at the Zercher's store on some gold watches. And they were about to go buy a heifer and a colt with the rest of their money, but the, uh, their father demanded that he they help pay the farm debts. So that's when they took their money from the bank and they left and went back to Chicago together on their own. So I didn't know what the cause was until today uh, because there's some new pictures and things out here. Very interesting. Hi, did you learn anything new? Um... Because you read everything, well, most everything. You've read a lot of stuff. I did, I don't... I can't remember it all, though. You can't remember what you read um, in the museum? Um, I guess I didn't know about him painting the bird on the side of the house. Oh, you didn't know about that one? No, I didn't know about that. Yeah, I learned about that when they built it. Um... Read the story. Which, for to fill in, he uh, got a hold of what he didn't know was tar and started painting pictures on the side of the house. Well, he thought he could just wipe it off and it wouldn't be yeah. a big deal, but the tar hardened and then he couldn't get it off. Yeah. <laughs> and it stayed on there for like 
the entire rest of the time that they lived at that house. Now, uh, one thing that was a fun new addition, speaking of that, was the, uh, uh, I'd heard the bits of the recording uh, at his parents' 50th wedding anniversary, but it's hard to understand the recording when you would just walk in there, but they've got a monitor set up that now is playing video with that audio uh, that has the text up of what the conversation is, and his parents bring that up. Oh, remember when you painted on the side of the house with the tar? And he said, I don't think that was me. That sounds like Roy did that. And so, oh no, it was you. You you got to remember that lecture. So yes, I do remember that lecture. I got. Well, <laughs> but I they never painted over that part of the house. They just kept it. Yeah. <laughs> they couldn't. What, what were they going to do about it? Off. Yeah. So, so they, it just stayed there. Um, the other thing I guess that was new is that uh, I didn't know uh, his mom had made like this really great butter. Yep. And like you know would sell it, and then um, his father didn't want him you know using it at home. They wanted to sell it. So she'd sneak pieces of bread with butter, like butter side down, yep. down the table to the kids. So the father wouldn't know that they... So they'd be like, yeah, sure, Dad, we're eating. We're not putting any butter on our bread. Yeah. Yep. Because he wasn't a very successful farmer, but boy, she was successful with that butter. With the butter, yeah. Because people apparently would say that, oh, everybody's butter has flies in it, except for Flora's. Flora oh. Disney's butter. There's a train coming. Yeah. Now, Flora's butter never has flies in it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's so. always a fun story. I uh, also learned an interesting story because, okay, so Elias Disney had been a carpenter in Chicago, and I, I didn't know about this, uh, but he went to, he even built their house that they lived in Chicago, which has now been restored. Uh, but he was going to work somewhere as a carpenter, and the bricklayers were on strike, apparently. And one of these guys from this brick union uh, was beating up on one guy, and Roy, or, or, or Elias, tried to sneak in so he could go and work because he needed to make his money, and the union guys attacked Elias. I gotta close in here because the train's going by. Maybe you should wait till it's passed. Yeah. But uh, so it's Elias was Elias was attacked by a union worker, and I'm wondering if that's something that Walt always remember because Walt was not a fan of unions, well. especially when that strike happened. But having a union person who had attacked your father, I'm sure it's, that uh, unions often have used bully techniques then and now yeah. to try to keep everybody together so they get you know they get what they want, but there are people that they just need to work. Yeah, know. yeah. And Elias just needed to work. You know, he yeah. was struggling to keep his family. He was making about a dollar a day, they were saying. It's about $7 a week, and he was providing for his family in Chicago until they bought the farm here in Marceline, where Uncle uh, Robert was living here in Marceline and helped him get the farm. All right, so final stop of the trip is the last place I go every year. I didn't visit every place today. Heather's been kind of tired today, so uh, we didn't go to see the park. Plus, it's been kind of rainy out here, and we didn't go see the elementary school. Uh, but I have to come and see the old barn, and where the Dreaming Tree was located out here on the old Disney farm. So, this is definitely a not-miss opportunity. Especially get to see, you know, Son of a Dreaming Tree, because the original Dreaming Tree, unfortunately, has been taken out by weather and lightning, uh, but they They've grafted off a piece, and they've made Son of Dreaming Tree, which is out here, and it's it gets bigger every year. I mean, the first year I was here, it was still like a seedling. It wasn't very big, and I'm looking at it now. Let's let's show you this here on the video that I'm making. So the use of you on the audio podcast, you're not going to get to see this. You're going to have to go check out our video channel to go take a look at this. It's not quite in focus yet, but here's the sign. Son of the Dreaming Tree, planted in 2004. It's getting pretty big. Nice, good, healthy, strong, big tree. 
That's amazing. And here's the location of the uh, Dreaming Tree over here. This is, of course, where Walt, on the, his duty on the farm, was basically kind of keep Ruth occupied. I mean, he, he took care of the cows, we found out, and he would take the cows down to water, and he'd kind of play with some of the animals. But he would sit there at the Dreaming Tree, and he would draw animals. He would come up with stories and tell Ruth, and Ruth would say he was like the greatest storyteller ever. And uh, I did find in the museum that, you know, Walt continued to take care of his little sister Ruth and would send her a monthly check to uh, kind of take care of her with a little letter telling, you know, what thing, what was going on, how the family was, seeing how Ruth was doing. Uh, so very, very interesting. So, yes, location of the Dreaming Tree. But now as we walk this way, we're coming up to the barn where uh, this is a, a recreation of the barn, and uh, apparently there's a recreation of the barn um, out in California. I always forget what park they put it in. Uh, there's actually bits of the train, because I mean, Walt rebuilt this barn, really, in California to build his little miniature train, and I think that's the one that they have out in a park in California, which I would like to go and visit one of these days. So, here we go. Uh, but this barn, also in the movie So Dear to My Heart, uh, this, this was what they made the barn look like which I have not seen that movie. I'm hoping Disney Plus will have that movie, and I will watch it, as well as The Great Locomotive Chase, because I've never seen that movie. I'm also hoping that, because if Netflix doesn't have any more, that uh, nice documentary that Diane Disney Miller made, that uh, the man, the, the truth behind the myth, or whatever, uh, I always forget the title of it. They show it the, at the museum, and the first time I saw it was here at the museum. I didn't stop and watch it today, because uh, Heather was kind of tired. and We sat down a couple places, watched some old Mickey cartoons, uh, watched a little bit of the Disneyland opening on the TV that uh, Walt bought for his mother because his mother doesn't like crowds, or didn't like crowds, and so she didn't want to come to the opening, but she could watch it on TV, and uh, <laughs> Walt sent her the money to buy one. So it's not the original tubes of the TV that you can watch it on. They've got a screen that they've put in there, but it's still the original box is here at the museum because his sister Ruth brought it. But here we go. People have climbed all over this sign here, but uh, there's signatures all over the walls here inside the barn because they encourage people to sign and put nice well wishes, thank you Walt and stuff like that. And as I walk, I believe it's over here. I did sign this. I've signed a couple places. There's somewhere on this I managed to sign, but it's really hard to see any of it. But uh, I do have a a board that I wrote on somewhere and I'm gonna look for it. It was a kind of hard to reach, I must say, reaching up here. Uh, but yeah, I did sign my name on this. And there's not much for audio for me talking about it here, so I'll stop the video and the audio until I find it and I'll put it on the video. Just make sure you go visit our YouTube channel and you can see where I signed it. So while I'm in this barn, there is kind of an interesting story and uh, I guess they don't have anything in here anymore. They used to have a little plaque telling the story, but I don't see it anymore. But Walt would put on a, a circus in here and have his dog try to do some tricks. You know, he tried to get the animals to do things, and he charged his friends uh, a dime, I believe it was a dime, to come in and watch his circus, which turned out to be like, mm, excuse me, I got hiccups. It turned out to be pretty bad. So his mother, Flora, told Walt, if you can't satisfy your customers, you just give their money back. And so you should always try to give, you know, your best. And uh, that's something I guess Walt 
took to heart. And so he always made sort of the best and made sure you got your money's worth. And so I don't, I'm sure there's been people who wanted their money back after visiting Disney Park. I mean, it's bound to happen. Somebody's going to. But uh, I don't think that's a very common occurrence that people go into a Disney Park and want their money back. But, yeah, so that's kind of an important thing here uh, in this barn. Good story. Although I don't, I don't know if this is sitting on the actual spot where the barn used to be. It probably is. But it's just kind of a recreation here. But, yeah, good, le good lesson learned from his mother. To get to some of the specifics here, uh, there is a sign outside the barn I just spotted. Uh, basically, the circus Walt had was a lethargic goat, a pig, and the family dog and cat dressed in Sister Ruth's doll clothing. Uh, and when Flora heard about all this, she made Walt give back the money, and here's what she said. If you deliver more than your audience expects, they will never be disappointed. And so there it is, the actual words that uh, basically that's what Walt kind of built his parks with. Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. We invite you back next week for more fun and adventure. Until then, remember to keep a pixie in your pocket. It's that young at heart, positive attitude that you can share with others. And remember to visit our website at NeverlandPodcast.com. There you can find links to our news page, our shop, our contact page, where you can easily send an email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. You can also find our Neverlanders page, where you can find out how to become an official Lost Boy or Pixie, because girls are too clever to get lost. Become a real Neverlander! Please feel free to leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. And like our Neverland Podcast fan page on Facebook. We also have a group on Facebook for you to join. We also appreciate your support to keep the Neverland Podcast up and running. Visit Patreon.com slash NeverlandPodcast to donate to Keeping the Pixie Dust Alive. Copyright content featured on the Neverland Podcast is copyright of their respective creators and used under fair use license. All original content is copyright of Blue Band Productions and a very special thanks to Yeehaw Bob Jackson at yeehawbob.com for our new ending music. God bless! Yeah! Hello everybody, this is Yeehaw Bob Jackson. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, it's true. Neverland Podcast, we love you.